Bleach, and Naruto, spoiler-free and spoiler-filled. For over a month, the boys of Bebop Banter have broken down each member of this quote-unquote big three, except for one. Today, this journey reaches its thrilling conclusion. This is the Bebop Banter Breakdown of One Piece. Yo ho ho ho, everybody, and welcome back to Bebop Banter, the internet's number one pirate crew. I hope you all enjoyed the intro we had. This is a very special episode uh, for all of us. We're just going to hop right in. My name is Wes, and I'm joined by Demetrius. Super. Super. And Saeed. Kaizoko Orewanaru. Bro. <laughs> the monotone he had on that. Kaizoku. Oh, man. But everyone, thank you for tuning in to all the rest of our Big Three episodes. A while ago, when we went to go kind of start this weekly format with diving into all the genres, uh, we got pretty good response, but this big, these big three uh, episodes that we've put out on Naruto, Bleach, and now hopefully continuing the trend One Piece, have been our most listened episodes pretty much ever. Um, it's been the best month that we've had for sure, so I just want to thank, uh, from the bottom of all of our hearts, thank you all for listening. Thank you to the fans. Um, look forward to cool stuff coming in the future. And uh, look forward to this One Piece episode now. Because I mentioned at the end of our... Um, at the end of our Bleach spoilers episode... That the One Piece episode was going to be a little different. Normally we do... Pretty much a whole episode on story building, character building, and world building. Kind of super nitpicking it. Because despite us really liking these series... Uh, we had to kind of bring up stuff that we found issue with because everyone can praise bleach and naruto uh with as much praise as you want to put on it but not everyone kind of takes the time to nitpick so that was kind of the goal with that and then we'd go into a spoiler section where we'd really break down a lot of the stuff we liked and reinforce some of the stuff that we didn't like but for the one piece episode because one piece isn't really done and it's also significantly nowhere close to being done and it is um, significantly longer, I'll say, than the other, the other uh, three or other two series. It's the longest of the big three. It's the only one still going on. We're going to truncate the spoiler-free section, so we are going to spend maybe the first after our little intro here, fifteen-ish minutes, but no more than that. Uh, really briefly going over the story of One Piece, the characters of One Piece, and the world of One Piece, and then we're going to pivot. Straight into Demetrius's favorite part here, the spoilers. We're gonna yes. go. Oh yes, yes. Uh, we're gonna yes. go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna go real strong on these spoilers, hosted by um, our resident One Piece expert Saeed here. Hello, hello. Um, who shout out? He wears the badge of honor of having his One Piece reviews be so good that Toei Animation took note of these one piece reviews <laughs> yep. and viz media took my note. hockey's too strong <laughs> hockey was too strong and they copyright striked us yep on true story on because they knew i predicted the future yeah so we have them all back up on the website if you notice we've been very sparingly posting on backlogbebop.wixsite.com backlogbebop because of this incident 
Um, but there are a lot of One Piece reviews out there. Check them out. He did predict a lot of stuff going on. So he will be yep. walking us through what One Piece is. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're just going to hop right into it. One Piece is a super special series for us. It kind of helped us all initially bond together in anime back in high school. So we're not going to profusely... Or we're not only going to give it praise. We're going to criticize a lot of things about it. But just know we are super biased towards One Piece. So whereas maybe maybe some of our other spoiler-free and then spoiler sections might have sounded like, even though we said, watch these series, they're good. It might have sounded like we were kind of downplaying them or under-hyping them. We're about to hype up One Piece. (laughs) Like, quite a big time right now. So just be ready. If you're thinking about starting it, yo, now's the time. Now is the time. It's on Netflix now, so if you want to start off the anime, the first, I forget how many, I think it was first few sagas are on Netflix, up to Alabasta, Alabasta. sagas. Up to, yep. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, and shout out to, uh, real quick, even though he probably doesn't listen to these, Totally Not Mark. Check out his YouTube channel. Uh, he is a prominent Dragon Ball Z reviewer that Demetrius turned me on to, that is now blindly going through One Piece. So if you want to start reading One Piece or watching One Piece... And feel like you want to hear some other people's thoughts outside of what we're about to say. His reviews, uh, I think, Saeed, you're watching them too. They're very yeah. good. They're very good. They're very yeah. detailed. Um, yeah. And fair. So check out Totally Not Mark. Some of the points we might say or I might bring up are kind of based on some of the stuff he said. But anyways, time to start our One Piece spoiler-free section. We will have a disclaimer when we're about to start spoilers. Don't Mugi worry about it. Ichimi. Ooh, ooh. Yo, you remember that? Uh, Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yo. Just epic. So we're going to start right now with kind of a story overview and a few stats. So I always like to bring up um, I always like to bring up some stats uh, at the beginning of this. So One Piece is a shonen series, of course, that's a mainstay in Shonen Jump, written by Eiichiro Oda, or Goda, as some people call him, yo. Uh, it's been serialized in Weekly Shonen Jump since July 22nd of 1997. It has probably no, older what, than some of you viewers. Yep. Yep. Older than older than some of you. It has what 96 volumes as of April 2020. And mm-hmm. because of such a wide array of volumes, you can probably guess it's the best-selling manga of all time. This thing has sold 470 million copies. Which site is that going to make it? Not just in the manga world. How how does that stack up to comics here? Currently, it is the third best-selling comic book of all time. It dethroned Spider-Man a few years ago, and it's on Batman's ass right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in a couple years, it's going to be the number two best-selling comic of all time behind Superman. Superman's and keep in mind, far ahead. keep in mind, like Batman, Superman, they all started what, like mid-ish nineties. One Piece started ninety or yeah. mid-ish like nineteen hundreds. Well, the mid-ish 1900s. 1900s, yeah. Yeah, nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Uh, One Piece with started in ninety seven. With mm-hmm. one author, right? Yep. So it is it is a titan, not just in the manga industry, but in the comics industry as a whole. Uh, the story, to keep it very very simple and keep this short, so we can get to the spoiler section, is about yes, this character yes, yes. named Monkey D. Luffy, who yo ho ho, he took a bite of gum gum. And becomes this rubber man who his ability, he, he has a devil fruit called the gum gum fruit or the gomu gomu no mi. He can stretch like rubber, but he can't swim. Water is his weakness. And his goal is to go out after having interacted with pirates his whole life 
and become the king of the pirates by going to this place called the Grand Line, finding this treasure that the former king of the pirates, Gold Roger or Goldie Roger, has left out there called the One Piece. So that's pretty much the... Would you guys say that's a fair summary of this story here? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much the basic premise. Um, I will say, in the on the critical side of things, while One Piece... Its story is very, very grand. It's it's like an ogre, which is like an onion, which has layers. It has a lot of layers to it. Um, Shrek is One Piece confirmed. <laughs> Shrek is One Piece yep. confirmed. Uh, One Piece's story starts out... I almost want to say the worst. Not the worst, but kind of the most formulaic and predictable out of the big three. Because... Mm-hmm. This series, it's ongoing, it has over 900 chapters, and the author Oda has stated that he's he's had it planned out to be this long epic, right? So he's confident enough in his writing that he takes a lot of time to set things up, and the beginning of One Piece is very much illustrative of this. Uh, it's a lot of Luffy wants to be King of the Pirates, Luffy goes to one place, meets person, gets them as crew member, moves on, which can seem very boring it can seem very predictable it can seem very formulaic especially because he uses the same gags especially in the manga a few times uh some of the same writing styles so early one piece it's totally um totally not uncommon to see people kind of drop it or not like it and understandably so because it doesn't seem like a lot is going on but the whole story thing, kind of I think yeah go one ahead thing, one thing to bring up is that when you look at One Piece versus um, some other shows that are like currently going on One Piece started in 97 like Wes said so this mm-hmm. is a story that's spanning 20 plus years so yeah you have basically a mix of old era and new era themes and, and character designs that are being shown even though that's Oda's right, pretty right. consistent you have kind of like a mix of, of different themes and people, character design. So that's why a lot of people can look towards maybe pieces of One Piece and find like their, their niche. Um, but just starting from the beginning can be difficult for some people. Mm-hmm. Especially just because the mindset that it's such a long series, it can be intimidating to get started, right? Yeah, uh, which is a real thing for people. Uh, a lot of people might be looking for a shorter series and One Piece is not afraid to set a lot of stuff up. I think a shorter series equivalent um, that we were talking about before recording this would be like a Steins Gate. Not in themes or story beats or anything, but in that Steins Gate is what? Is it 26 episodes, Demetrius? 24 or 24 25. to 26. Yeah, 24 to 25. Um, and Steins Gate is not afraid <laughs> to have the first half of it be almost pure setup for the second half. So I know a lot of people that have watched Steinsgate and really thought about dropping it because the first half of the series is quote-unquote slow. It's building up to something. But once you get to that second half, the payoff is insane. And that's kind of what One Piece's Piece's aim is, with especially pre-Grand Line One Piece. Right. And so piggybacking off of what you just said, if you guys noticed the past our Bleach and Naruto episodes, that's one thing that we kept harping on is the setup pieces that mm. didn't really have any payoff. That's the thing One Piece does well that makes us like that more than the other two. 
Mm-hmm. At least for me. Yeah, yeah definitely. No. In the interconnectedness is what right. changes, like, that's the difference between a good story and a great story. Yeah. Right. Because what uh, I think, like, people that read One Piece will, and watch it too, but the manga I think is way better than the anime. Neither here nor there. Um, what I think everyone will agree to is that even stuff that's early series of One Piece is important in current right. One Piece. Like, he has crafted a story that if you can pay attention to the little details, which we'll get into in our spoiler section, they are called back to, they're directly influencing certain things, 900 plus chapters in. Even something as as ingenious for Oda story-wise as including stories on the title pages of each chapter that intermingle mm-hmm. with the main story at some point or give you context to what a character is doing so that when they're finally reintroduced in the main story you've understand you understand what like led them to be getting there um mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of stuff and it's a lot of setup and constant setup uh the other only quote unquote criticism i'm gonna throw out at one piece because i personally don't think the setup is a criticism but other people might be turned off by it is that and it's kind of a meme in the community one piece is super formulaic at times like the joke is even once he gets his full crew or a a more full crew um the the pretty much structure it follows is they get to an island crew splits up crew individually figures out whatever is going on in the island so they all know details that the other crew members don't uh villain comes in crew somehow gets back together has to fight villain or villains while combining all the stuff they found out win the day go off onto the next island so it can and and there is truth to that meme like it can very well get like that but the way that it's approached Mm -hmm. and hidden i think is good enough that when you know that that exists you can point it out but it doesn't really matter so i guess to wrap up the story section i'm just trying to say that there's a lot of setup that can a lot of at a lot of times feel not very important or feel slow or feel unnecessary but one piece is a master in having everything pay off from the details that are right in your face to the hidden like you won't know unless you see a certain picture in a certain panel uh detail that ends up becoming huge later on so that's that's the story of one piece essentially it's it's very layered everything is connected yep and i'm gonna toss it to demetrius now for these characters uh characters uh are we still okay so i'm gonna ask are we still doing non-spoilers or are we just going into it because that's what i thought we were doing i I would say just just do like yeah um for this for this character section i would say because i'm gonna keep mine very short and sweet yeah just keep it short and sweet and we'll get into we'll get into spoiler characters here in a second so i think just like an overview of um, and I, I guess you can say like early crew member names, like it doesn't matter. But yeah, short and sweet, we'll go with. Yeah, so short and sweet for the characters is you have a lot of different personalities uh, with their own different quirks. This is in My Hero Academia, uh, but they have their own special powers, um, strengths, and weaknesses. And besides One Piece being very good at building its universe, uh, 
Oda does a really good job of designing his characters along with their pasts to influence how they make their present and future decisions. So that's one thing that I really admire about the the characters. Um, their yeah, the specific flashbacks. designs, their specific designs are all very unique. Uh, in comparing it to like a Bleach or a Naruto, hmm. some people can easily say that Oda's style is a little bit more cartoony, uh, but that really doesn't detract from the overall characters or the story he's trying to tell. Like some goofy character could look, some dude that's literally dressed as a grown man in a diaper and uh, a, a, like a, uh, what do you call it? A bobbing hat? A baby. Baby. He basically yeah. dressed like a baby. <laughs> Can yeah. have one of the craziest dark, like not dark, but one of the the most interesting backstories that makes it all make sense. And then you just respect that character 10 mm-hmm. times more. It's, I think he does a really good job. And the series just shows it through different arcs yeah. and different characters of how well it can be done. And that's that's pretty much all I'm going to say on there. Other than one little thing. Um, one Piece has some backstories that will just catch you kind of off guard. So there's been multiple people, multiple friends that have told me like, you know, I didn't expect to go on this feels trip when I was watching mm-hmm. the show. But it's the emotion and emotional connection that is able to be established in such a short amount of time is something that has to be praised. Yeah, I think uh, an easy way to kind of wrap that up is we really criticize Bleach and Naruto for introducing characters that really don't get any development. Um, all the ninjas from the Chunin exam, a lot of the Soul Reapers, right? But One Piece makes it a point because characters, again, they'll come back, they'll be important to give all these characters the pasts that they deserve or the development that they deserve. I mean, mm-hmm. you got you got some, what was her name, Alvita? I, going from like 0 to 10, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess uh, I can bring up one, I guess, complaint I've heard people bring up. We'll talk about it more in the spoiler, but uh, people complain about the lack of character development when it comes to the main cast after the fact that their past story, their backstory section of the story goes on, True. like afterwards. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's pretty static oh, okay. for most of it. But I'll talk about why I think that's the case in the spoiler section. You know, you bringing that up makes me think one thing that I can kind of see that I would criticize is some of the female characters look the same. Like they have the exact same design. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about like close to time skip and post time skip. Mm -hmm. He has a style. They look the same. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I'm not going to complain. He just draws his wife over and over again. (laughs) True. Um, But you know, with fun, fun fact real quick, Dimitri or Saeed said his wife, this man Oda is married to, didn't she like uh, someone that cosplayed as a One Piece character Nami. that he met? Yeah, cosplayed as Nami. What? He saw her cosplay and married yeah. her. Wow. So. It was for some like One Piece play early, early on, and she was the Nami character, and then they got together. Mm-hmm. Wife her. So up. fun fact. Mm-hmm. But with that, I'm pretty. I wanted to keep it short and sweet because you guys know I'm all yep. about 
spoilers and, and highlights. So I'm going to pass it off to Saeed right. to give his two right. cents. So, yeah, on that note, I'm going to try to keep mine short and sweet too because in my opinion, the highest praise I can give One Piece is its world building comparatively to other shonen manga. And even in fiction in general, I feel like One Piece's world building is up there with like the likes of Tolkien or Westeros and George R. R. Martin. Uh, like the world mm-hmm. in One Piece is like a living, breathing character in the narrative that doesn't need the protagonist to progress mm-hmm. in events. Major events go on independent of the involvement of the main cast, usually, which later on affects the course of the action the main cast will have to face. And then, uh, out of most shonen, One Piece world building, uh, the world is, in general is like a lot more fleshed out. Like there's it's like almost little a character. details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a character on of itself. Yeah, because what we and, criticize, we criticize Naruto for showing all those villages, but not really showing the villages, right? Like right. you just know they exist. But One Piece, like when you get to an island, you get the history, you get the culture, you get like different clothes and all of that. It's crazy. Right, different it's clothes. Crazy. Yeah, they are like like each island has like its own fashion sense and stuff, and like companies and all that stuff. Like very little details that, like when you add it to the already pretty impressive story it just puts depth into it it makes the world feel like it's alive even if you're not reading it, it makes you feel like there's stuff going on you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's pretty much my quick summary without spoilers 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 mm-hmm. spoilers so spoilers? so everybody no Demetrius is ready for it i think we're ready for it <laughs> thank you for okay. listening if you do not want spoilers right now i'm Probably going to give you like 20 seconds to turn it off. Thank you for listening. Go check out One Piece. Uh, go check out all of the big three. Um, we appreciate the support we got. But for everyone wanting spoilers, Let's the go. way this is going to work, Saeed is about to break down these sagas, right? This man sent paragraphs to us in our group chat. Yep. He is ready to go. And Demetrius and I are going to be commenting throughout the whole thing, uh, keeping in mind like favorite crew members, favorite arcs, favorite villains favorite story developments that type of thing we're about to go in on one piece it is not finished ikuzo it is not finished so keep that in mind as we do this but without further ado i'm going to hand the keys over to saeed here and we are going to just straight up go saga by saga and break down what makes one piece so special so let's get this going all right so the story of one piece kicks off with the east blue saga which is about 100 chapters long and in the East Blue Saga, we have Romance Dawn, where we get introduced to Luffy, introduced to Zoro, and then we move on to the Orange Town arc, where we get introduced to Buggy the Clown and Nami, and then the Syrup Village arc, where we get introduced to Usopp, and then, and also in the Syrup Village arc, we get our crew's first ship, the Going Mary. Shout out to and Usopp, Usopp my favorite all, character. Shout, shout out, out to, to Going Usopp Mary, and my shout out to Mary. Yo, yep. going yes. Mary. The ship is a character. Big rip, yes. big and rip. Then, and then we sail off to the, the Baratier arc where we get introduced to Sanji, where at the end of the arc he eventually joins our crew. We, that man this is also the arc. Owner yep. Zeph. This is this is also the arc where we got introduced to Mihawk. Like expounded upon Mihawk and expounded mm-hmm. upon the concept of the Grand Line and the threat of the Grand Line. Mm-hmm. And then from there, events from Baratier connect to Arlong Park which is probably the climax of the East Blue arc, in my opinion, where we'll get the whole Nami backstory and whatnot. And then after Arlong Park, Logetown, 
which Oof. is the entry point to the Grand Line. And then that's the, it for the East Blue Saga. So, so guys, I want I want to say East Blue Saga. I I, I was going to say I don't know about you guys, but I feel like because we're so connected, I know about you guys. The buildup from Luffy telling Nami not to touch his hat to in Arlong Park, putting mm-hmm. the hat on her as she's begging for help. Bro. Yes. Yep. Hello. Oh, yep. fantastic. He was talking about this is my treasure. Don't touch it. So putting right. that on her and being like, you know, you're part of my treasure. Like, whoa. Whoa. Yo. That got that's me. Where the that's where the Nami Luffy shippers. Yep. That's where it started. <laughs> Dog, that's one of the greatest manga panels I've ever read or ever seen. That whole the sequence emotion. between where Nami was breaking down and then started yeah. stabbing her arm and then yeah, Luffy like, oh just stopped gosh. her and put the thing. And then the walk to, walk to All Around Park was right after that. It was just a fantastic sequence of events. Mm-hmm. The squad so rolls emotional, up. and they and just, even before like, that we off. just got Nami's yep. backstory, which was painful too. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say out of all the that... backstories there, that was. I mean, Sanji's with Zeph was pretty savage too. Yeah, but... especially in the manga. Yeah, the manga was different. If anybody still anybody here listening that didn't read it and watched it in the manga, instead of Zeph cutting off his leg being caught underwater, he smashed his leg and ate it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Instead, yeah. Yep. Little differences like that, man. Like I just said, it takes a while to build up, and it's true, it does take a while to build up to Grand Line. But there's still so much in this East Blue Saga. Yeah, I would argue the 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 I guess the drag is probably Romance Dawn, Orange Town, and Syrup Village. Once yeah, it gets Syrup into Baratie, is when it starts slow. picking up. Syrup yeah, Village. Those first three arcs. Yeah, the first Ooh. three arcs in One Piece are probably the slowest. Well, actually, I don't know about that. There's a one more arc afterwards. It's probably unanimously decided by the, the fandom as the worst arc. We'll get to that when we get to that. Dog. But overall, Which that's the, that's the start. Here? Which one are you talking about here? Pretty good start. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say it. I was talking about the uh, Davy Back fight. Yeah. Oh, Remember? That's filler. Foxy. Is it? That's not filler. It's not? No, no it's no, canon. No. Oh, yeah. wow. But well, it's we'll interesting enough. I'll talk about it yeah, when I got there. I feel like that arc is secretly one of the most important arcs, but I'll talk about it when we get I do, there. Before we move on, I do want to say uh, I did say we were going to keep favorite crew members and stuff in mind. My personal favorite, Usopp, oh, right. shows up in Syrup Village, which I still think is the worst of the beginning arcs. But my boy Usopp is literally a normal dude. He is straight mm-hmm. up a normal dude, so I enjoy like. Usopp's my second favorite uh, character in the series. Mm, I, not the series I would, in the crew. In I the would crew. argue that Usopp is not normal. High key because of f- future events. Be- in comparison yeah. oh, okay. to the monster trio, yeah, he seems yeah, normal, yeah, yeah. but he's definitely not normal. At least early on, like in Arlong Park and stuff, seeing him get Arlong Park, uh, Alabasta, seeing him get wins. Um, initially, I think was it was really cool because he knows he's not as strong as other people, but he's still putting himself out there. Let's talk about that glow up at Alabasta, though. So, Saeed, yep. you can you keep going. Let's go. Let's go. Right, right, right. So we enter the Grand Line finally after the first hundred chapters into the Alabasta saga, which is 117 chapters long. And the first arc in that saga is the Reverse Mountain arc, which is the arc right after they get into the Grand Line where we meet. Laboon and Crocus, two characters that are insanely important later on, which is yep. kind of crazy when you look back at it. Mm-hmm. And then we also get introduced to Vivi this arc, which is very important in this saga. Was her name Miss Wednesday? Princess. 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, she was Miss yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, for the Baroque she's princess, works. Yeah, she's the princess of Alabasta, and she goes along with the crew because uh, she needs help fighting off the leader of Baroque works, which we find out later is Sir Crocodile, which is one of the seven whirlers of the sea, the Shishibukai. We go into Whiskey Peak, which is an arc where the, the it's the Baroque works, I guess, hideout place yeah, where there's a lot of bounty hunters. HQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we got the crazy Zoro versus all the bounty hunters scene, which is pretty dope. Then we got the Luffy, the only Luffy versus Zoro chapter in the entire series was in that arc. Yep. I do want to nitpick got... that real quick, though, because uh, yeah, I didn't even think about it. Totally not Mark brought it up in his review. Shout out to it. Like the past couple arcs, especially the, the Arlong Park one with Nami, where Luffy pretty much unequivocally trusts in Nami, despite her telling them to leave, despite like even though she wasn't really super trying to mess up the other crew members, like having almost a fake negative encounter with them. Uh, like he unequivocally mm-hmm. trusts her, but then one dude like says something bad about Zoro here after he beats up the whole village because Zoro only was pretending to be asleep after they had this big feast. Luffy and everyone were asleep. So Zoro really knew what was happening. And Luffy goes after Zoro based off of what this one guy said. So I did think that was a little weird thinking back on it. It felt like mm-hmm. an editor whispering in his ear, like, make the two strongest characters fight. Um, right, it's probably some fan service type of thing. Yeah, yeah. That point but still story. very cool. Still very cool. Right. Then after Whiskey Peak, uh, we get into Little Garden, which we get introduced to the giant race Ooh. in this uh, story. What which were is, their laughs? I, oh my gosh, they're laughing. Oh, oh yeah, by the way, One Piece laughs are great. Fantastic. People watching. Yeah, fantastic. It gives a lot of character to the characters. The Little Garden arc uh, is important for Usopp's character, in my opinion. Yep. It gives him more focus mm-hmm. on his dream and an actual destination to his dream, not just a vague statement. Yeah. And after uh, Little Garden, we go into Drum Island, which where we get introduced to our next crew member, Chopper, which has one of the saddest backstories I've seen. Oh my gosh! Oh, if you don't, 100%. if you don't feel after watching that, let alone cry. If you like animals, you're gonna you're gonna be devastated. Animals also, are that kind of loving. Go ahead. Well, what was the quote to come out of that? What's his name? Doctor Hiriluk or Hiriliuk? However you. I was oh right. His name. Oh yeah, a man uh, dies uh, when he's forgotten. Mm-hmm. Right. Too, too strong. When does a man really die, or something like that? And then he goes mm-hmm. on when he's shot by bullets. No, if he drinks a poisonous mushroom. No, blah blah blah. It was such a badass way to go out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that arc, like that, that arc was so good up to this point. They made their own movie just on that arc. Yeah. Like, yep. it was so popular. Yeah. Standalone-wise, you don't really have to know what happened in One Piece, and then you can just watch that in some yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. But then Even after the Drum Island... like, wrecked. Right. After Drum Island, we get into, up to this point, the most dire arc, the Alabasta arc, where we get introduced mm-hmm. to a lot of different things, including Ace's... I mean, Luffy's brother, Ace... And the whole uh, Blackbeard subplot. Z-ha. The Blackbeard subplot. The Blackbeard subplot actually started in Drum Island because Blackbeard went to Drum Island, and that's where we heard the the name Blackbeard first. Which is kind of crazy how long Blackbeard was has been being set up since the beginning of the series. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Again, yep. payoffs. So that's the Alabasta saga. I think you guys want to talk about yeah, I, was like, I think itself? the biggest thing for this whole chapter or saga was how 
in a sense, like Vivi became part of the crew. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of what it looked like. That's what it was. And then you have some of that more character development, especially in Alabasta with like Usopp and mm-hmm. Nami, the people who don't get like the biggest fights, got some pretty right. pretty good shine. Yeah, that's the thing about One right. Piece is like, because I brought it up in our Bleach spoiler free review, how kind of those fights don't really, like non-Ichigo fights don't forward the story. But especially once we talk about Alabasta, like every fight was important in the context of the story, like preventing something from happening. Yeah, and, and one other thing, one other thing, just piggybacking off of that, this is when you get the start of the crew members really believing in Luffy and saying he's going to be the Pirate King. Yep. And, and then those moments ooh, become iconic yep. whenever the crew themselves says, no, this man is the man who's going to become Pirate King. Mm-hmm. That's some epic stuff. And, and also, we like, got introduced to Bone Clay. Shout out to Bone Clay, one of the best side characters. <laughs> True. <laughs> Mr. Two? Let's go. Because oh, man. It's so weird. You get introduced to him in this arc, you don't expect him to ever come back in the way he does come back later on in Impel Down and how much of an impact he has, which is another Very thing I like important. what Oda does when he brings back characters. He fleshes them out more. Like Bellamy, when we're going to get to the Jaya arc. Shout out. Yep. Like what he did um, with Bellamy in Dressrosa was pretty cool, too. And also, yo, going back to Little Garden real quick, too, that Zoro moment where he, like, they're on the, the wax cake and he tries to take mm-hmm. a cool pose, but then just decides to try to hack his own legs off to be able to get fighting. <laughs> Wild. Like, the combat, too, it, like, other shows, especially stuff like Dragon Ball Z and stuff, I feel like people are fodder to the main character. Like, these fights just exist, but they always lose and the main character comes in. Like, One Piece, they're all competent in their own ways. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and, there's no way the... Zoro or Sanji are going to depend on Luffy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yep. You can see like, it. They'll you, handle... You can see they'll do example. it on their own. You can see an example of that in, like, uh... Was it Fishman Island? I mean, I'm skipping way ahead, but yeah, yeah, Zoro, yeah. I mean, he pretty much tra- tried to take out the main villain, and he, he did made, a pretty he good job. Did yeah, he yeah did underwater pretty, too. He, he did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can handle so. themselves. I get, I think I should mention that in Alabasta was when we first saw Luffy take a major L in battle against Crocodile, where he got stabbed through the chest. Oh that man, mm-hmm. that was a pretty we insane want- scene. When I first was reading or watching through it. I was like, oh my god. I didn't expect that to happen at all. Yo, just got... what, I like about, what I like about that is, like, Luffy's out of commission for a while. Like, yeah. the series isn't afraid, uh, like Saeed kind of said in his world-building thing, or, like, hinted to. It's not afraid to show stuff without the main character or the main cast. And mm-hmm. Luffy straight up doesn't do anything for a while after that, which makes his reappearance really, really cool. But Oh, how could I forget? This is where also we got introduced to another crewmate nico robin True. in this arc she my was favorite female Crocodile member of the crew in this arc and it was this is where we got introduced to the poneglyphs which is also very important yeah so do you want to just you want to real quick just break down alabaster really quick or like uh depends on how far we're going <laughs> just keeping time uh, conscious here yeah 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 alabaster because we could go all day on one piece uh, yeah I, I guess Alabasta, uh, Queen, I mean, Princess Vivi wanted to, the Strauss to come help her because there was a civil war going on that uh, Crocodile was instigating both sides to start fighting so he could take control over Alabasta. And then, so, long story short, 
the crew helps Vivi push out the uh whatchamacallit? The Shibukai, which is a person who works with the Marines. Oh yeah. The seven warlords. This is where Smoker Yeah. This is mm-hmm. where uh Smoker and Toshigi were also involved, which is a an interesting element. I'm surprised I haven't bring that, brought this up yet. But the Marines, the pirates, and the Shibukai dynamic in early One Piece was like the main focus, I guess, antagonistically for our main mm-hmm. crew. Like they were going after either a Marine, uh Shibukai or other pirate crews. But this is where Smoker and Toshigi were they saw this is where we us as the audience and them as characters got introduced to the fact that the Marines aren't one hundred percent good and they will manipulate the facts to make themselves look good even if it'd be beneficial to let the truth be out. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like that's, how that's the setup for the, the world the government. Arc, right. At the end of the arc basically after Luffy defeats Crocodile, the world government doesn't want to give Luffy the credit for that. They told Smoker he's going to get the credit and a promotion for taking down Crocodile because they didn't want to give it to a pirate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yo, let's talk and about like my boy. For... Let's talk about my boy Pell, who should have died. Oh, Yo. right. That's one of the biggest complaints of this arc. If he died, yeah. it would have been a lot better. It would have made more sense. If, if you're telling yeah. me this bomb is going to take out, was it five or ten kilometers worth of people, and a single right. person mm-hmm. takes it away and doesn't die from it, someone really really scalped you on that bomb yeah right he he took uh batman what's up the third batman movie did that didn't it when batman went off to the distance he did a whole pell thing with a bomb yeah oh yeah yeah. pell should have died i think a really good decision here uh at the end of the arc that um kind of counteracts that not really counteracts the fact that pell should have died but is the fact that they didn't have vivi join the crew at the end because like Demetrius oh, said, a, she that was an iconic moment too with the yeah. crew putting mm-hmm. their hands up. Like Vivi, it feels like she's kind of joined the crew for all of the arcs Saeed just outlined. But an uh, interesting thing to note is like every member of Luffy's crew has their own goal that they have yet to achieve. So like becoming the best swordsman, uh, mapping out the entire world, finding the all blue, becoming like a great warrior of the sea, becoming a doctor that can cure everything, all that, and Vivi. Her thing was, like, to save her country pretty much, right? Yeah. So it right. makes perfect sense that she wouldn't join the crew because her goal, she joined it, she joined the crew to be able to accomplish her goal. And once she accomplished it, she had no reason to travel with them anymore. That's and I thought that was good a really point. good decision. Uh, I thought I it was a really good decision. That. Yeah, I didn't think about it either. Yeah. Yo, shout out to Totally Not Mark for that one. I'm, I Yo. can't take credit. <laughs> 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 I had to throw it in though because it's such a like it's such a cool thing that I didn't realize that I think mm-hmm. just built plays so well into the crew dynamic as Luffy gets more and more crew members. So right, just trying anyways, to go on to Sky the Island saga. Sky Island. Yep, let's go. The Sky Island saga, which is about eighty-five chapters long, only consists of two arcs: the Jaya arc and the Skypiea arc. Skypiea arc Skypea is up my to favorite. this point was the longest arc in the series, but basically in Jaya. We get introduced to the concept of the Sky Islands. Uh, this is where we get introduced to the character of Blackbeard, which is one of the most, in my opinion, greatest character introductions and flips I've ever seen. Because when we get introduced to him at first, we think he's an okay guy. But he turns <laughs> out he's the scum of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. You don't find so out eventually, 
Yeah, and then eventually, when they figure out about Sky Island and figure out how to get to Sky Island, we get to Skypea, which is the Sky Island arc, where the antagonist, Eno, reigns supreme. And this arc is special Eminem? because it's kind of... Yeah, Eminem. It's kind of like <laughs> an isolated arc because it's not connected to... This is like the only arc not connected to the world government. Everything else is... You can tie events in almost every arc to something world government related, except this arc. This arc is like something taken out of time and put back in like in the past if that makes sense isn't this Mm -hmm. where we also get introduced to mantra which later becomes hockey right yes the concept of mantra was introduced here nl was using it then nl's devil fruit was insane probably one of my favorite devil fruits in the series with the the lightning the goro goro no mi the lightning Mm -hmm. devil fruit and personally for me like Skypia, I said it's my favorite arc. I don't think by any means, and I think you guys will agree, I don't think it's the best arc at all. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of my favorite because it showed just like it for me elevated that world building aspect a million times. Right. Because we'd gone right. from island to island that was like and country to country that was kind of unique. But this was like an island in the sky that still somehow had its own culture and See, its own history and its own faction an ocean in the sky yeah that was crazy yeah. and usa like yo it, usa swimming because like i wonder how deep down it goes <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and he's like falling <laughs> yeah. like this showed me that one piece could be so much more this which... arc was actually kind of like a microcosm of the story of one piece like just this arc alone is basically in my opinion, the main theme and story of One Piece. Like, you know the whole concept of the god versus the devil? That whole thing mm-hmm. the world government keeps pushing? That was basically introduced in this arc with NL being the god and Luffy being the enemy of God, fighting God. And throughout mm-hmm. the arc, even Zoro had like these little moments spitting out. Kind of, this is the only time One Piece kind of got religious. Like, Zoro straight up said he didn't believe in a god and stuff like that. So that was like a little mm-hmm. theme throughout this arc. While they were trying to fight a actual quote-unquote god. And the god's natural enemy just so happens to be the only counter to his devil fruit. Which is kind of poetic too. Oh yeah, true. Because yep. uh, if it did... wasn't for that, if it wasn't for the rubber, Eno was wiping everybody out so easily throughout this entire arc. It was ridiculous. Yep. Mm-hmm. The entire crew the was just being... He died actually. Remember that? Vi- Wiper? Viper was also a really good side character. Was one of the uh, I forgot their names. They were like different natives. Races. They were like natives of Skypea. Right. Yeah. By the way, Skypeans have wings. For the people yeah, listening. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Didn't we get he's, introduced he's to another uh, another character in Jaya as well that comes back way later? Bellamy. Yeah, Bellamy shows up in Jaya. Yeah, 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 right? yeah Bellamy. Oh, that scene was really dope too. It parallels the scene to the very first chapter of One Piece, actually, at the bar when Bellamy was making fun of Luffy and Zoro's dreams, and uh, Bellamy just started beating them up, similarly to how in the beginning of One Piece when Shanks was being beat up, uh, Luffy did what Shanks did and didn't fight back, but then eventually, whenever Bellamy went a little too far, that one epic moment without just one punch and Bellamy was out pretty dope mm-hmm. yep but and like we said before at the very beginning little things like that come back like th- even thematical things like that like parallel scenes come back later on 
what characters learn from from the past. Yup. So we want to move on from Skypea then? To Water 7. Yup. Oh yeah, this is a, a, one important thing I have to mention. This is where we saw our, fo- not our, saw our first pony glyph. We saw a pony glyph in Skypea where Gold Roger wrote Gold Roger was here or something like that, which is kind of shocking. <laughs> which is kind of kind point. of funny. <laughs> oh, and do you wanna do you wanna explain what the pony glyphs are real quick? Okay, yeah, the pony glyphs are basically uh, from we didn't even need to explain the void century. There's this whole concept of the void century in One Piece. One where Piece is deep. There's yeah, yeah it's really it goes deep. Back. It's a it's a century in history where the world government decided nobody's gonna know what happened. We as readers still don't know what happened, but we we can speculate. But the pony glyphs were left behind from this clan or race of people that were quote unquote erased or part of the erasing of that 100 year history. So Nico Robin's goal is to find out the history of the world through reading the pony glyphs because she's the only human in one piece who can still decipher the ancient texts because she learned it from mm-hmm. her Ohara clan or island people. We'll get to that in this next arc we're talking about though. Yep. So that's basically mm-hmm. the pony glyphs. So the Water 7 Saga, 139 chapters long. We start off the Water 7 Saga with probably the worst arc in One Piece in the Long Ring Long Land arc, which is the Davy Back arc with Foxy and his pirate crew. Uh-huh. And then we get into Water 7 and Ennius Lobby, two different arcs. Huge fan favorite arcs where we get introduced Shout to... Shout to Sony King. Yeah, first introduction. Water 7 in particular was very interesting because this is the first time we got, like, inter-crew conflict. Big conflict. Yeah, big conflict, mm-hmm. which is very interesting to see. And stuff happens after that. We'll get into the spoilers when we get into it. And then Ennius Lobby. Ennius uh, Lobby. Oh, I have to explain. Water 7. Uh, Nico Robin was hunted after, hunted down by... CP9, which is a shout world out to my favorite villain. Rob Lucci, shout Let's out. Go. Which was a crazy reveal, by the way. Lucci when gang. We, first, Lucci we gang. saw the reveal of who CP9 was. Remember, yeah. we thought all they were were dead and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. Nico Robin basically got kidnapped against her own will. And then onto Ennius Lobby, the crew wants to go get Nico Robin back. So that's, it's basically, Ennius Lobby is basically a rescue arc for Nico Robin. And then there's post Ennius Lobby. Where we found out Luffy's grandpa is Garp, and then Luffy's father is Dragon, which is the two main things we find out. And also in the post Ennius lobby, uh, Garp lets us know the system of the Yonko in the New World. And we get introduced to Kobe again, Kobe and Helmeppo from the very beginning. Very beginning. Mm-hmm. So, spoiler talk for Water Seven. What do you guys want to talk about? Rob Luigi, liked... my favorite villain. Shout out Luigi Gang. Luigi Gang. Pretty dope. Luigi Gang. Luigi Gang. He's the concept of CP9, yeah, the concept of CP9 is pretty important, like pretty cool because it's like the world government acknowledges it needs to not be 100% lawful. Like their dark justice, quote unquote, concept is like the cipher pole unit is like the incarnate of that dark justice thing yeah, like, where any means necessary justice type of thing. Yeah, the people that it's act like that outside the law to just get things right, done. Like, they just assassinate people. Right. And to make it clear, uh-huh. uh, CP Cypherpole is not marine related. They work with the marines, but they're not marines. They're world government agents, which is two different things. Which is interesting later on because it seems like the marines and the world government agents 
have some sort of conflict brewing yeah. internally. Like they don't too, necessarily, which is agree. also really cool. That's another thing. Uh, in One Piece, it's not black and white for the most part. Like for organizations, like pirates, they're not good or bad. Marines, they're not good or bad. Even Yonko, they're not good or bad. There's like a mix depending on who the individual character is, which is kind of interesting. And their interactions. Right. Even quote-unquote bad Marines are friends with quote-unquote good Marines, and it's pretty interesting mm-hmm. in that sense. Mm-hmm. But this Yo, is where we're getting introduced to Gear Second and all those transformations, which is also like quote-unquote a complaint people have because uh, it was kind of an ass pulley type of thing for Zoro, Sanji, and Luffy. Yeah, Luffy had a yeah. little explanation where Luffy said he observed what the cypher pole people were doing, what Luffy, uh, Luchi was doing, how he was kicking the air 10 times and then going fast. And that's his explanation to why he learned it. But Zoro and Sanji, their uh, Zoro's Ashra. Yeah, Ashra was really random. And then Sanji's Diablo Jumbo was random too. But really cool. Definitely cool. Moves, though. Yeah. Definitely cool. Cool enough to overlook. Yeah. And Chopper. Especially because of remember how well the Chopper's story is. transformation? Oh, the rumble balls? Oh, yeah, the rumble that balls. That was crazy. That uh-huh. scene in the anime was crazy with the music, too. Mm hmm. And we yeah, got. he grabbed that guy with music the hair and just threw him. Insane. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's done. <laughs> he's, yeah. not, he's not getting was, back up. Yeah. Uh, this arc is also where we got. Frankie. Oh, yeah, we got introduced to Frankie this arc, right? Super. Super. <laughs> it was cool because at the beginning, I thought Polly was going to be the shipwright of the crew. I, did, I thought mm-hmm. Frankie wasn't going to be joining the crew. I thought the other guy, the guy with the blonde hair and the orange shirt and the jean jacket was going to join the crew. The guy with the rope. Oh, true. But I'm glad Frankie did. Shout out to the, shout out to the Thousand Sunny, you know? Oh, yeah. We got two really cool flashbacks this arc, right? Frankie's flashback was pretty cool and then Robin's flashback too. Was really sad. Was oh my god. Yeah. When they finally rescue Robin and she's like, please. I was like, yo, let's go. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, the Davy back fight arc we got introduced to Aokiji at the end, which is very Oof. important. It ties into Robin's backstory as well. And I was going to bring up why I feel like Davy Beck might be one of the most important arcs and why I always question why it was so random, why Oda would put in such a random arc telling this story. Mm-hmm. But as of quote-unquote, not recent events, but when we found out where the Davy Beck fights originated on Beehive Island... Uh, where the Rocks crew was founded, I feel like there's going to be ties to why. I feel like Davy Back is going to come back in the future of the story. Like I feel like there's going to be another Davy Back fight, potentially between Blackbeard's crew and Shanks' crew, or Blackbeard's crew and Luffy's crew. Maybe in my, I'm going kind of theoryish right now, but maybe Blackbeard needs somebody to read the Ponyglyphs too, and he'll challenge. Luffy's crew to a Davy back fight, and he's gonna take Robin away from them after he beats them the first time. Cause you know how in One Piece, first couple tries, the main crew always loses, but they get them at the end. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just my theory for Davy back fight stuff. Before we move on, uh, I do wanna I do wanna bring up probably one of the most tear jerking scenes for me, and what also makes One Piece special. Oh the yes. The going, going Mary's Mary. Viking Farewell. funeral. Yes. Um, oh, that was. That was tough to that watch. Stuff That's still me. tough to watch. Yeah. yeah, I haven't cried so much reading or watching a manga. I mean, anime before. Still to this day, when I go back to rewatch some of the scenes, 
it still gets me. Some of the openings get me because some of the scenes are in the openings. Mm-hmm. But, yo, One Piece, it made people cry over a ship, dog. A ship, yep. Right. Not even a character, a ship. I admit it. Which, it is its own character, but... Right. Yep. Oh. We didn't even so, go over the, what is it, the Luffy versus Usopp fight? Oh, so King yeah, that was, in my opinion, that's my favorite fight in the entire series. That's a very Ooh, the emotional interesting, weight. yeah. Not, not choreography-wise, but, like, the ideology-wise and, like, the stakes of that fight, in my opinion, were the highest stakes for me because I love this crew so much. It was hard to watch. I appreciated that aspect of it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I love Luffy everybody in the crew. I'm not like I'm like I'm not like I'm not like one of those fans who hate on certain crew members. I legitimately love every single character in the, all the crews. Yep, and Zoro acting Luffy as a Chopper super strong vice captain. Oh yeah, Zoro's like, vice yeah. captain moment. Yeah, he was like, "Bro, you can't, you can't take him back if he's disrespecting you." Right. Mm-hmm. Even though it was really tough for Luffy because he started crying after he beat him too. Mm-hmm. It was pretty. It was really good stuff. Yep. But, all right, you want to move on? Yep, moving on, we get to the Thrill of Bark Saga, which is one arc, 48 chapters long, where we get introduced to the Soul King himself, Brook. Brook. Yo-ho-ho. Yo-ho-ho. And this is the arc. This arc was really cool thematically, with, like, thematically as in aesthetically, with the whole zombie, Halloween-ish type of vibe going on. One piece is, like, Halloween town, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Gekko Mori was the main villain in this arc. And this arc is the arc that introduces us or starts to set up events for the new world in Wano. Because this is the first time we get heard of Wano and Ryuma and all that kind of stuff. And Zoro gets the sword. And mm-hmm. Kaido's name was first brought up here too. Gekko I Mori's mean, backstory ors, with dude. Kaido. Ors, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like. Uh, and the ending of Thriller Bark is one of the best endings of any arc. In One Piece with the Zoro moment. So intense. The nothing happened. Oh mm-hmm. my god. That I feel like that moment on its own is what set off the huge disparity between Zoro fanboys in the One Piece community and every other crew member. I feel like Zoro and Luffy are probably the two most popular characters in the crew. That's safe to say. But Zoro in the West is more popular than Luffy, I'd argue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, coincidence that they're both members of the Supernovas? Hello? Oh, that's true. Yep. True, true. Mm-hmm. That's a good segue. Yep. Yeah, let's go. You, you, know it. you know it. <laughs> into you know the, it. <laughs> into, into the final saga of pre-time skip, the summer Summit War Saga, which is 108 chapters long. Where We start off in Shibori Archipelago, which is my personal favorite arc in One Piece. It has my favorite moment in One Piece. I'll get into that later. And then we go into Amazon Lily. Then Shout out to Boa Hancock. Boa Hancock, yeah. Impel down. I'm 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 speed doing I'm speeding through this faster than the beginning because I just want to go into the spoilers because it's a lot easier that way. Then Marine yep. Ford, then post war, or the arcs composing Summit War. So Summit War. Shibori Archipelago. My favorite scene in all of One Piece is when Luffy cocks back and punches the Celestial Dragon in the face. Oh yes. Huge. That's so my favorite satisfying. scene. Because that guy was a dick the entire arc. Like, di- like a so one. bad beyond bad. Because the whole concept of slavery was ba- brought up, I think, in this arc. I don't remember if it was brought up in previous arc. But this is where we straight up saw 
humans and different other species being sold mm-hmm. as slaves to these rich elite people, which is uh-huh. which is one of the which is I think my favorite aspect of One Piece is that whole that whole conspiratorial thing that happens in real life, like the whole new world order, new world order, quote unquote type of thing. It's like happening in One Piece in real life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like post time yep. skip stuff going ahead a little bit. Like yeah. there's a lot of there are a lot yeah. of parallels on stuff going on right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The then Shabodi is also we got introduced to the supernova, which is very pivotal in the future of the story. It's an interesting mm-hmm. fact about the supernova. Oda originally wasn't going to have the supernova there, and one of his editors said, uh, "Add some people." And then in like a week, he added those eleven supernova or whatever into the story. The worst generation. Had, yeah. Mm-hmm. We introduced a kid, Law, and all of them. Oh, and yeah. one thing, one law. thing. Let's go. Uh, uh, Hachi. They brought back Hachi from Arlong Park. Oh yeah, and he's in yeah, a completely yeah, yeah. new yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. Completely right. new. He had a complete character redemption compared to what we saw him before. Mm-hmm. Completely mm-hmm. lovable. Really like, lovable. Yeah, and Nami's growth get- too, where she's able to forgive the fishmen for everything they've uh-huh. done to her in the past, yep. which also comes back in Fishman Island. And but that was pretty powerful. Watching yeah. Luffy lose his Ooh, whole crew. Yeah, this was also oh a very my gosh good great arc ending in my opinion. I like sad endings, so this arc was kind of like my. It thing. just felt real, you know, like everything before was yeah we've done it, but now it's you're up against something this is you where, can't win. This is where it was very unshonen like, where Luffy had a very long streak of L's, just L after L after L. Like arc after arc after arc, until the end oh, of the, the only like, from this point to the end of the pre time skip section, it was just like constant L's for Luffy. Mm-hmm. They were they were good for growth though. You you actually did see yeah. his growth. Yeah. Talking about L's. Talking about love. Talking about Boa Hancock. Yo, mm-hmm. what is there? What was her look down on you pose? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it was a JoJo <laughs> reference. I'm convinced. It might as oh, well be. Man. It was a yari yari does it, but very more like oh, 180 man. degrees. And the oh yeah, Bo Hancock's uh, backstory was pretty the interesting of too. Luffy's hockey. Oh, mm-hmm. the Conqueror's King hockey was introduced, mm-hmm. or that, being that showcased how, more. That how Shoku hockey. Yeah, but Bo Hancock's story—it's kind of cool how they set that up. How the arc before that in Shibodi, they introduced the concept of slavery, and then Amazon Lily, we find out. Bo Hancock and her sisters were slaves who were freed by Fisher Tiger. Shout out one of the greatest flashback characters in the history of 110%. Manga. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the greatest flashbacks in fiction was probably, that flashback. Yeah. Dog, his death all, scene. Yeah. His death scene. Very, very prominent flashback to today in today's world. I'm just going to say that mm-hmm. for now. With Koala, yeah. too. And Amazon important. Lily is where Luffy finds out... Uh, Ace was captured by the Marines and is set to be executed. And by the way, we fought. I can't believe we skipped through this. Blackbeard was going after Luffy. I'm, I'm flashing back a little bit. This is pretty important. Yeah. Blackbeard's whole thing was he wanted to become a Shibukai because he had his whole grand plan. And his plan was to go after Luffy and bring him to the government because Luffy was making a big name for himself. And then that way, Blackbeard was going to become a Shibukai. He ran into Ace. Shichibi. He let Ace know. Yeah. He ran into Ace. And he told Ace he's going after this kid Luffy, and then Luffy uh, Ace was like, "That's my little brother. You're not gonna do that." And then they ended up fighting, and then what a fight! This is where too. we got, yeah, 
And the whole reason Ace was going after Blackbeard is because Ace and Blackbeard were both part of Whitebeard's crew. And in Whitebeard's crew, Blackbeard killed Thatch, which was the 4th Division commander, because Thatch found the Devil Fruit. Blackbeard was looking for the Yami Yami no Mi or the Darkness Darkness Fruit. He kills Thatch, takes the fruit, runs away. Ace is very pissed off. Ace decides to go chase him, even though uh, Whitebeard and the rest of the crew didn't want him to do it because they felt something was off because Blackbeard's a very strange character. And then Ace got captured by the Marines after Blackbeard turned him in. Then at the end of Amazon Lily, Luffy finds out about this. And instead of going back to Shibodi, because originally when the crew split up, Luffy told them, two days, we'll meet up in two days. So Luffy's plan in Amazon Lily was to go back to Shibodi in two days. But after he found out about Ace, he's like, I'm going to, my crew can handle themselves. I'm going to go rescue my brother. And that takes mm-hmm. us into Impel Down, which is, in my opinion, another really good arc. Yeah, breaking This in- whole stretch of arcs was really, really good. This yeah. whole last. Because, I mean, you got a, a big, like, they didn't really shine. There wasn't really a lot of time for Luffy to just be on his own and show him what he would do. So it's kind of cool to right. see him in like a whole new environment. Right. This yeah. is a this is a 108 stretch chapter thing where it was basically nobody else besides Luffy out of the main crew. Just little hints and glimpses of what the other crew members were, where they ended up going and stuff, which is kind of relevant later. But Impel Down is where Impel Down is the prison system in the world government where they keep all the prisoners from level 1 to level 6 or 5. One being the least threatening criminals, very bottom being the most threatening criminals. And Ace and Jinbei, which is also somebody we introduced to in this arc, were on level 6. So Luffy had to go down from level 1 down to level 6. And this prison was notorious for being unbreakable, as in you can't get in and you can't get out. One person in history was able to do it, and that was Golden Lion Shiki before Luffy. Mm. Luffy mm-hmm. ended up doing it, but he failed... He didn't get to Ace in time. Ace got sent to Marine Ford by the end of this arc. But in this arc, we got also reintroduced mm-hmm. to Buggy the Clown and Mr. Two, which were two of the most... <laughs> one of my favorite parts of these, these the Impel Down Marine Ford. Like, they brought really good comedy. Well, Buggy brought really good comedy in times of very dire situations. And then Mr. Two was like an emotional anchor mm-hmm. for Impel Down. He carried Luffy on his back. Mm-hmm. It was it was really really good. Yep, and Mister Three, Mister Three came out and he comes. Oh he, yeah, Mister Three. A big I like Mister Three now too. Yeah, at the first I didn't like Mister Three at all. Like in the, when he did his whole candle stuff on Little Garden and stuff, I didn't really care for him. But yeah. in this arc, I liked him a lot. Another mm-hmm. example how Odo brings back characters and makes you you reuses them in a positive light. Yep, they switch sides. Yep, and Marine for Ford. And then Marine Ford, Marine Ford. the, oh my the climax of pre-time skip, I'd argue, or at least the climax of as climax of Grand Line to end a pre-time skip is Marine Ford, where everything yep. that's been happening in the background, because since the beginning of the Grand Line, we got introduced to Blackbeard, and slowly we got built upon the conflict between Blackbeard and Ace in the background while the main cast was doing their own story. And then it got to Marine Ford, where it was set for Ace's execution, and they were waiting for the Whitebeard and Whitebeard Alliance to come take Ace back. So it was just a big battle. So 
What's your guys' favorite highlights mm-hmm. from this epic war? I think the coolest part yeah, for me, to some besides okay. introducing so many characters, was how how many people were on Luffy's side and how many people were against him at the same time. The scale was insane. Yeah, like this mm-hmm. was this was a war. He was out of his league. Luffy was mm-hmm. almost like a fly on the wall. Like he, like through him, we saw other people type of situation. Like this is what we are to expect for the next half of this series. Like. Like, we got introduced to the concept of the New World, and we're looking at the New World Pirates, and this is how it's going to be. This is how strong you have to be to be even considered Pirate King. You have to get to this level. Yep, and Luffy and at this point in Marineford. Yeah. That yeah, moment with Luffy Whitebeard. and Whitebeard was pretty sick, though. They had the little stare down, and mm-hmm. Luffy told him, I'm going to be Pirate King. Yep. <laughs> but Dog. Speaking of Whitebeard, about, one of the um, best characters in the series... Whitebeard. How about he did Shanks so much in back one up arc. too? Oh yeah, at the very end, yeah, very epic mm-hmm. moment. Kobe had his time to shine too. Kobe's whole yep, his, whole his sense of justice came up. Yeah, he went up against arguably the strongest marine and told him, "Back off, boy." <laughs> Stop it. Magma boy was like, <laughs> "Nah, I'm not gonna." Yeah, yeah, it was pretty dark because. Uh, this is where Kobe started unlocking his observation hockey ability to read minds or sense people's emotions and stuff. And he started hearing people missing their families and stuff like that and begging and pleading for their lives. That was a really dark span of moments when Kobe was like running around trying to close his ears, but he could still hear everything. Mm-hmm. He, he like pushed him to try yeah. to stop the madness. Um, I think like, before we move on to post time skip stuff, we we've all been kind of hinting at it. Like, what's crazy is this was the climax of pre time skip, but it still set so much up. Oh yeah, it was like, a climax. The that way set that up, it was yeah. written. All the Shibukai were involved again. Like, mm-hmm. yep, and things that like, happened Doflamingo, in the war and after yep. the war, it's like Doflamingo right. and Gecko Moria, which I'm pretty sure he killed oh. Gecko Moria. Did he kill him? He did something to him. No, he didn't. He didn't kill Gekko Moria. Gekko, uh, at that point in the story, uh, he was sent to kill him. But then when Doflamingo reported back to the world government, when they asked him about Gekko Moria, Dofi said he just disappeared somehow and got away. And then the world government got mad and then Dofi got mad back. It was that kind of thing. But he, at that point, he wasn't dead. He somehow escaped. He turned invisible. My guess was Absalom, his crew member, had the invisible, invisible fruit turned him invisible and snuck him out yep hmm so we want to move on to post time skip now sure oh one one thing i guess uh there was one arc or mini arc after marine ford part of oh true time skip which was the asl what was it how did their initials ace sabo luffy their flashback basically Mm -hmm. asl american sign language (laughs) Which is basically, it basically gave us more depth into Luffy's character and also Ace's character, giving us fleshing out their backstories even more. And their more setup. Connections. And more setup. Yeah, more setup, setup and introduction to another brother. Right. That boy Sabo. And that brings, oh yeah, how can I forget this? One of the most iconic moments. Like I said before, Luffy told his crew two days will meet in Shibori Archipelago. After the events of Marineford, Luffy had a major mental breakdown because, spoiler alert, Ace died. 
He's uh, Luffy was not able to, Another Luffy was moment. not able to save his brother. Luffy had a mental breakdown and then he it was to the point where after law healed him up from his injuries. Luffy was ready to quit life, it seemed like to me. He gave up on his dream and everything. But then Jinbei came in like the MVP he is and talked to Luffy and told Luffy, you still have your crew, which is a, another really cool moment. And then Luffy recognized he still has his crew and decided to go back to Marineford to make a statement to the world and specifically to his crew. And on his arm, he had 3D, 2Y with the... Wait, what was it? 3D, 2Y. It was 3D, It was 3 days, not 2 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 3D, 2Y. With the 3D crossed out and the 2Y not crossed out. And that was a sign to his crew. Because newspapers took pictures of this. That 3D meant not 3 days. We're going to meet back in 2 years. Which sets us up for the time skip. And during this mm-hmm. time skip, Luffy and the crew were training. And in this respective islands, Bartholomew Kuma ended up sending them to. Which is another interesting aspect. One Piece is so much stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bartholomew Kuma is part of the Revolutionary Armies, which I don't think I brought up yet in this whole <laughs> summary thing or whatever. But yeah, Luffy's father is Dragon. Monkey D. Dragon, leader of the Revolutionary Army, most wanted man in the world. Bartholomew mm-hmm. Kuma works with the Revolutionaries and he. At that moment when we saw what happened to the crew, we thought he was a bad guy. But in hindsight, after we figured out stuff and he was a good guy, he helped the crew out to escape. And he knew where to put them for them specifically to get stronger. Which also I found kind of interesting that he sent Robin to the Revolutionary Army. That's That was her whole training arc or whatever. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Post-time skip. It's still <laughs> ongoing. Three main Yo, sagas. We are... If we're Fishman going big Island. for a podcast, it's One Piece. Might yes. as well. Fishman Island Saga, 56 chapters. Dressrosa Dress Saga, 148 chapters. Dressrosa Arc itself, longest, cha- longest arc in One Piece with over 100 chapters. And then the Four Yonko Saga, the saga we're currently in. Currently the longest saga in the series, 178 plus chapters. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fishman Island arc. Return to Saboti, Fishman Island. So Return to Saboti is after the time skip, the crew meets up, and we see a showcase of their strength. They got significantly stronger because in the past, the entire crew had trouble beating one pacifista. But at this point, Luffy, Zoro, Sanji can each respectively one-shot these pacifistas, which are Terminator recreations of Bartholomew Kuma. And then we go into Fishman Island because that's the first stop before you can resurface into the new world where we get introduced to this was also kind of oh this, i just thought of this this is like this is kind of like skype in the sense that mm-hmm. it was they went the other way it was like the other way around where it was kind of separate yeah. from the main story it had like its own bubbling up history and problems outside what was the dude's Not, name hody or hody 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 jones hody yeah. jones hody jones is the result of the system failing its citizens, which is kind of cool Bro, basically, when I look back at it. Basically, systematic racism. Right. Mm-hmm. Basically. Would, which they he was they never, were never like quiet about. I, I appreciate how Oda was very 
direct in the conflict. Because it's hinted right. at in Sabori, but it really gets expanded upon in the Fishman Island saga. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I remember when Fishman Island was going on, uh, people didn't really like that arc. But me looking back and rereading the arc like fully through, I really appreciated the arc and the themes Oda was going for in the arc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Fisher Tiger. Yeah. Let's go Fisher Tiger. Fisher Tiger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fisher Tiger. Very, very the, pertinent. The highlight of the arc for me. Fisher Tiger and Ori, Princess Orihime. Is, was, that, was that her name? Didn't I they? It was did, Orihime. I think it was Orihime. They introduced, uh, what was her name? Koala there, too. Oh, yep. yeah. And she Koala comes was back. Fisher yep. Tiger's flashback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah She's cool. Revolutionary Army. Yep. And this is where we get introduced to pr- arguably one of the most important figures in One Piece in Joy Boy. At the end of the arc, when Robin finds the pony glyph and reads it, she asks Neptune one-on-one, what is Poseidon and who is Joy Boy? And he explains to her, Joy Boy is somebody that was friends with Poseidon. And Poseidon, we Robin knew it was an ancient weapon. And Robin was asking uh, Neptune where it is. And then we get revealed, the princess of this arc is the ancient weapon herself. Yep, Shirahoshi. Princess Shirahoshi is Poseidon. And Poseidon's power is to be able to control the sea kings and that in and of itself is very powerful because if you control the seas in this world you control basically the entire world and these sea kings mm-hmm. are enormous if you guys remember in this arc mm-hmm. those sea kings were like maybe 200 times the size of the island itself yeah it they was were weird. huge yep. they're enormous and the grand line is surrounded by i didn't even talk about the geography but the grand line is surrounded by the calm belt and then the calm belt is the nesting ground for sea kings, which is why you can't just sail across the seas, the different seas. Like, you can't go from north blue to west blue through the Grand Line because of the calm belt, because there's no wind, there's no waves, and sea kings nest there. It's implied that the sea kings mm-hmm. are what dictate where you can and can't go in the water. Big yeah. boys. This is important because the first time we saw and actually saw the effects of an ancient weapon. In Poseidon. Alabasta, we got interested in Pluton. Oh, we didn't even talk about Pluton. Pluton was a weapon. <laughs> Yo, Saeed's on Pluton a roll. So Let's much. go. Pluton was a weapon Crocodile was looking for in Alabasta. That was one of his main goals, which is one reason why he kept Robin with him. He wanted to find Pluton and use Pluton to become Pirate King, which is why he wanted to set up shop in Alabasta to start looking for it. His plan failed. But in Water 7... Frankie's backstory ties into Pluton because Frankie in, back, in Frankie's backstory, his uh, master, uh, Tom. Was his name Tom? Yeah, I think it was I think Tom. I it was Tom. Yeah. He had the blueprints to Pluton. He knew how to build the ship because the ancients, they had a backup just in case the original Pluton got into the wrong hands. They can build another one to try to destroy the first one. Plans got sent to Frankie Frankie ends up tearing the plants to shreds. So, basically, the only person who knows how to build it right now are probably Iceberg and Frankie. Iceberg being another one of Tom's, uh, what's the word? Disciples. Yeah, disciples. Oh, maybe apprentice would be better. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's the importance of the ancient weapons, and that's why Poseidon was so important. There's one ancient weapon we never saw, even up till today, which is Uranus. Or Uranus, however you pronounce it. Uranus? Well, yeah. 
After that, Dressrosa saga, Don't Punk Hazard. Don't demonetized for that. Punk Hazard <laughs> was the fine. first island in the new world that we got introduced to or stepped into <clears throat> and uh, Dressrosa. We should be quick about this. It's getting kind of lengthy. Mm-hmm. Smile. Just smile, dude. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. This is crazy. This is where all the setup started happening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I completely forgot. But yeah, this is where a lot of the setup started happening for the climax of what's going on in the current story right now. We're not going to get into too much of the current story spoilers, just for the yeah. sake. I have a feeling a lot of the fandom probably likes to binge parts of arcs, so I'm not going to spoil That's me. too much about that. Yeah. So we get introduced to Samurai in Punk Hazard, Kinemon, and Momonosuke. Kinemon is introduced as Momonosuke's father, and the whole thing is, he's kind of like the VV of post time skip, him and Momo, yeah. yeah, in a way, where he joins the crew. He's with the crew until today, until the current story. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole connection, okay, Punk Hazard was where what's his name Caesar. We find out out Caesar Clown was making. Uh, artificial devil fruits for Doflamingo, who Doflamingo sold the devil fruits to Kaido, which is the Yonko. So basically, Dofi and Caesar worked for Kaido inadvertently. And Dofi, outside of working for just Kaido, he was the ringleader of the underworld in One Piece, all the illegal deals and trades of weapons and whatnot. AKA Joker. <clears throat> right. And also, mm-hmm. he was the owner of the slave auction house in Shibori Archipelago. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, mm-hmm. after the slaves broke out and whatnot in that arc, I remember he got a call. And Dofi was responsible. Slaves are out of style right now. It's all about smiles. Nobody knew what that meant. Hundreds of chapters later, we find out about the smile, which is an ingredient used to make the smile devil fruits. Artificial devil this fruits. Way- Right. And this is where Luffy and Law's alliance begins. Luffy's proposition to Law, I mean Law's proposition to Luffy is to form an alliance to go after Yonko Kaido. And his reasoning was mm-hmm. with our combined strengths, we have a 30% chance of beating Kaido, which is BS by the way. He was yeah, talking out totally of his ass. Not right. <laughs> yeah. He was trying. No. He was trying. His real intention, secret intention was to take revenge against Doflamingo. After they destroy the Sad Factory and Caesar Clown's plans in Dressrosa, I mean, in uh, Punk Hazard, that if this affects Dofi's business and Dofi gets word of this. Dofi comes to uh, Punk Hazard to settle it, but the crew's gone already off to Dressrosa. And then but when he, we get to Dressrosa... But he goes Dress after Rosa, Smoker, though. Oh, yeah, he goes after Smoker for sure. And then Aokichi comes back and stops Doflamingo, which is pretty cool. Crazy too. scene. Yeah. And then we get going to Dressrosa, which is the longest arc in the series so far, which I think Wano is going to surpass it for sure, in my opinion. But Dressrosa was pretty, it was like a setup arc in a way, because it's set up for the longest time. Okay. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> One, two, three. In Dressrosa, right like I was saying, Law's real plan was to. Use Luffy to help him take revenge on Doflamingo. Because him and Doflamingo have a long history. Because Luffy, uh, Law's, I guess, father figure, quote-unquote, older brother figure, was Corazon, which was 
Doflamingo's brother, which is a really cool flashback, by the way. Luke, uh, His Lost own flashback brother, also bro. Very, yeah. Mm-hmm. Doflamingo kills uh, Corazon, and Corazon saves Law's life. And in this flashback also, we got introduced to the Ope Ope no Mi, which is Law's Devil Fruit, which is probably the most broken Devil Fruit in the series. It's going to come into play in Wano. Yep. It's going yeah. to. We get hints in Dressrosa in this flashback that this Devil Fruit is very, very, very important. And the fact that Law ate it was a problem. And um, Dofi wanted the user of this fruit to use its secret ability of making the immortality surgery on him. So that's why he wanted to groom Law. But uh, Corazon wasn't having it. So that was the conflict there. But in Dressrosa, basically at the, the... In the beginning of Dressrosa, we got introduced to the fact that Doflamingo has... Ace, uh, Luffy's brother Ace's Devil Fruit, the Mera Mera no Mi, and mm-hmm. he was setting up a tournament for the fruit. Luffy decides to join the tournament in disguise as Lucy, or quote unquote Master Roshi. <laughs> he was basically a Master Roshi cosplay. Yeah. yeah. Which is the tournament song? Yo, what's the girl's name the from the tournament? Rebecca. What's the girl's name? Rebecca. Yo, Rebecca, though. Hey, she's 16, hey, but I'm 16, too. Yo, nope. that's that, jokes. That, that <laughs> same complaint. Jokes. That same complaint. All the females look about yeah. the same. Yeah. Same features. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, he uh, knows what he likes. introduced to this tournament-style part of the arc where Luffy was trying to keep winning. He was pretty handedly beating people throughout this tournament. But who comes and back? Got... Oh. Oh. Is we who we thought to be dead brother Sabo ends up coming back and taking yep. his part as Lucy and ends up winning the tournament, becoming the new inheritor of the Mira Mira no Mi. And, Inherited will. And well, I can't believe we never brought that up. That's the main whole point of this entire <laughs> show. <laughs> the main Let's thing go. is inherited will and dreams never dying. Basically, the will of that's D. the whole will of D. All that type of thing. Of Demetrius. Oh. Yes. Sai D. <laughs> Sai D. Quadri. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> what's I'm gonna call it? The cool thing about the tournament style arc was that we were being introduced to all these different characters, and while reading it weekly, the fandom didn't know why we had why we were putting so much shine on these quote unquote useless characters. But by the end of the arc, all these quote unquote useless characters ended up becoming part of luffy's grand fleet which is an epic moment he oh like yeah five thousand people following now which is insane. huge we also got introduced Notice to Fuji me, Tora. luffy fujitora another one of the really cool marines marine that means well new recruit he got drafted mm-hmm. into the marines after the whitebeard war because the marines knew they had to build up their forces because i can't believe we even say this blackbeard ends up killing whitebeard in marine ford and yep. gets two devil i mean we hinted at whitebeard's death i mean you know we we hit it at Whitebeard. Uh, yeah, yeah. He jumped Whitebeard, quote unquote. Yeah. After Whitebeard was so going dirty. off against everybody. Yeah, it was so dirty, yeah. but whatever. Did him dirty. But basically, Blackbeard took Whitebeard's spot as Yonko, which is very important because the Yonko are a faction as powerful as the Marines. One Yonko by himself is as powerful as the Marine force, which is kind of insane. Which is mm-hmm. So you want to just name the Yonko real quick. Just name them real Yonko, quick. Yonko. Current Yonko. Alive right now. Marshall D. Teach, aka Blackbeard, Big Mom, Kaido, Shanks, Four Yonko. 
Shout out to Shanks. And Let's go. Shout out actually the fifth Yonko. Luffy. Luffy. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Quote unquote fifth and, fifth emperor. Yonko's not the right word because Yonko means four emperors. Probably Goko. Yeah. Yeah, thing, Goko but. sounds right. And that segues well into the next arc, talking about how Luffy got that status. Oh. Oh yeah, the Does dress it? dress rose. No, wait, where are we at? Dress rose. After, oh, after it goes dress into rose. Into the saga, right? 178 chapters going on. Well, the the Zo arc was a short arc before the arc Wes is talking about, which is one of the most important mm-hmm. arcs because this is where we found out so much about the One Piece itself and the location of the One Piece and the red real pony glyphs. How to find the One Piece is where this is the arc where we figured out how to find the One Piece, basically, which is the importance of this arc. And we got introduced to the Mink tribe, which is very important, and the Kaido pirates, the Beast mm-hmm. pirates. Go on. I'm drawing a blank. I'm, I'm frying out, bro. Oh, okay. Well, it's if okay. You're out, if you're Keep frying going. out, we're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. I think we can call yep. it an end after the what, <laughs> whole cake. Yeah, after yeah, whole After cake. whole cake, we'll call it in because I don't want to go into spoilers for Reverie and Wano. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Reverie yeah. and Wano, really good arcs too. Whole Cake Island, basically. Uh, in Dressrosa, mm-hmm. the crew gets split up. Sanji takes the crew and runs away because Big Mom was coming to the island, which is a pretty cool moment too because Sanji was like, Captain, what are your orders? And Luffy's like, you got this. And then Sanji's kind of pseudo-captain for the crew that's with him. And he takes care of the crew. And they end up getting to Zoe. But while he's in Zoe, Big Mom, I mean, Capone, which is a supernova, sends some people over because he's working for Big Mom now to let Sanji know that he is to be summoned to Whole Cake Island to get married off to one of Big Mom's children. Because we find out Sanji's actually a big deal because he's part of the Vinspoke family. Yeah. Which is in the North Blue, they are, they were royalty. They got shunned or something like that, if I remember right. But basically, Whole Cake Island was a rescue arc for Sanji, which is another heart-wrenching moment, kind of paralleled mm-hmm. what happened between Luffy and Usopp. It happened between Sanji and Luffy in this arc, where Sanji and Luffy ended up fighting, but Luffy wasn't fighting back at all, which is really hard to watch. The anime did it really, really well, too. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first arc where we got first... Uh, first confrontation with the strongest force this crew has ever faced even the crew is even though the crew wasn't whole they were facing young co big mom and her entire family aka her crew hmm. katakuri, katakuri one of the coolest characters we've got introduced to post time skip mm-hmm. became kind of like a big brother mentor figure for luffy i'd argue like throughout the mm-hmm. fight that fight itself was interesting because it, i feel like it for katakuri it wasn't about physically who wins or loses it was a battle about ideologies and whose ideology and drive is gonna withstand the other mm-hmm. and, 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 and it, it's amplified and that he has like the, a similar devil fruit like a similar fighting style right and what it was, was kind of poetic that they were fighting in the mirror world too it was like a mirror fight in the sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was really cool but yeah that fight was cool we got introduced to the new form of gear fourth snake man the whole sequence was cool it was kind of clear luffy was outclassed in every single way even to the end i'd still argue now katakuri is still stronger than luffy i don't think that's a doubt yeah. but it's just that since it wasn't in a battle about strength this end up the end of the fight still made sense because katakuri is like i agree with your ideology now you can move on 
It was that type of thing. Because mm-hmm. he was standing up at the end, and he decided to rest himself and lay back down and whatnot. Which is a cool type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I hope Katakuri comes back in the future, because he's a pretty cool character. I but hope then so. why is Luffy called the Fifth Emperor? Oh, right. Luffy is considered the Fifth Emperor because, big news, Morgan's himself, the Birdman that controls <laughs> the bird man. propaganda. At the end of uh, Whole Cake Island, he he was basically at the wedding ceremony when he got, into, he got invited by Big Mom. Big news, Morgan's is a little interesting character because he's in it with the world government and he's in it with the Yonko. Which is kind of interesting when I think about it. He but just he basically wants that wrote scoop. a story. Yeah, he wants that scoop. Mm-hmm. He wants to he wants to build up tension in the world so the news would be more fun for people and business would be good. Which is kind of similar to the news in real life. Oh yeah. In a way. Which is oh, also yeah. a really cool aspect. But basically he hypes up Luffy, gives him he, their truths, they're like half truths, half lies, because these events did happen. But he makes it seem like Luffy did it all on purpose and like a calculated person. But Luffy is not a calculated person. Things just happened the way it happened. And Morgans gave him the credit. All the credit. He beat two sweet commanders. The third sweet commander and the first sweet commander. Which is Big Mom's top subordinates. And at the end of the day, his bounty jumped from 500 million to 1.5 billion bounty. Which mm-hmm. is an insane jump. And in this newspaper is where it was declared to the world he is the fifth emperor of the sea. Shoo. <sighs> that boy. And then That's a lot. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the next arc is the reverie arc. I'm not going to touch upon it too much. But that arc, that stretch of chapters in the community was probably the most hyped I've ever seen the community in my life. It was so it was in so cool. Life. It was just so cool. It was and insane. And it's still set up so much that hasn't even been addressed yet. Right. It brought back almost everything we talked about before in this. Remember mm-hmm. how they had those little flashback panels throughout the entire series that we went through? They got introduced to possibly the main antagonist of the entire series or government force in a one true king, Ibu Sama or whatever. And then the whole Shanks thing was pretty crazy. That was a crazy plot twist. I didn't see that coming at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not not even a plot twist, but like development. Him being cool with the the world nobles. But yeah, that was an arc where there was no involvement of any of the Straw Hats at all. Not even Luffy, which is kind of refreshing. After that, mm-hmm. we're into Wano, which is the current arc, which I will not talk about because it's not over yet. Still mm-hmm. going on. Highly recommend oh. getting on board. It's still going. It is an ongoing still series. Going. Fire chapter it's as excellent. of recording as of recording this uh podcast. The last chapter we read was Absolute Flames. Oh my god. So good. So good. Trending on Twitter almost every week. Right. One piece. And to their listeners, I'm very um, sorry. I know I probably missed out on a lot of things, but I tried to consolidate this as much as I could. After we talked about, as we went through and talked about our favorite moments throughout which sagas we were at. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always the potential Yo. that we do a future breakdown. Yep. Yeah, maybe Wano is Wano could be. Yeah. Because what uh, Oda said that Wano was building up to be bigger than Marineford. What was the quote? 
uh, is gonna make Marineford look like it was a side story. Yeah, why? Which is insane. Mm-hmm. So, anyone have any any closing thoughts? Watch One Piece. We sign off here. Even though watch One Piece, read, read One read Piece. One Piece. It's my favorite for uh, my favorite fiction in all of fiction. My favorite character in all of fiction is Monkey D. Luffy. Highly recommend it. I'm very biased towards the series. The series <laughs> means a whole lot to me. It means a whole whole lot to me. It's like it's like my thing. A whole cake. A whole yeah, cake. A whole cake. A whole cake island yeah. to him. A whole cake. Yo, uh the other thing would be if you're going to watch the anime, like we said at the beginning, all the way up to Alabasta is on Netflix and Crunchyroll and I believe Funimation has it. Um yeah. really wouldn't recommend watching past the time skip. You'd probably be better to read the manga there. Except once you get to Wano. The animation in Wano kicked in. Yeah. But that's all I got. But. Mm-hmm. So, dear listeners, with this, what will probably end up being almost our 40-minute podcast, we have completed our journey through the big three series. The next podcast episode that's coming out is probably going to be like a Bob Culture Oh, we're not telling you what it is. Nice decompress. Don't tell them. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it a surprise. Let them, let them be it's, surprised. It's, we'll, we'll let you guys be surprised. It's not any big three stuff. We just went through how much spoiler of One Piece. And like Saeed said, probably didn't even touch on a quarter total of everything going on because it's such a vast um such a vast series i said it earlier if there's one podcast where we're gonna go extra long it was gonna be one piece because there's just so much uh for people that listened up to this point thank you very much comment below with what your favorite one piece character is your favorite one piece moment is be wary of some spoilers for some people but don't worry we'll get it if you're a little cryptic uh special series to all of us this man Saeed skipped school to watch it in high school. Oh, yeah, I skipped school. I skipped a lot of school catching up to yeah. <laughs> Um, it Very, just such my a special re- series my, for us. My recommendation is stick with it until, I'd, I'd say, um, Arlong Park, end of Arlong Park. If you don't feel anything mm-hmm. by the end of Arlong Park, I'd say the series isn't for you. But if you can get to Arlong Park, I feel like you'll fall in love with the series. In my opinion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. give it give it a chance. If anything, give it a chance. Um, mm-hmm. Not only One Piece, but this big three series of podcasts was very special to us. It was something we've been talking about since the inception of this podcast of doing. I hope we did it in in your eyes and ears, listeners. Um, a little bit of justice for each series, whether or not you think Bleach or Naruto or One Piece is the best. We hope there was a little something for you guys to like with every episode. Uh, leave us a sick review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at BacklogBebop. Even though I mentioned we don't post much anymore, check out the website, backlogbebop.wixsite.com slash backlogbebop to check out some of Saeed's uh, One Piece reviews, some of Demetrius's uh, unwritten anime rules, some of my old anime reviews. Um, again, we just appreciate all the love this series, this big three series in particular, has has garnered from the community we're trying to build out there. So thank you all. Look forward to the next episode. Uh, and yeah, I think on this, this last episode... Get, yeah, this is where we get our whole outro thing from. It's from One Piece. It, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, I think on this last episode of The Big Three, dealing with One Piece, there is no better time, no more appropriate time for me to say, Saeed, you know what to hit him with. To be continued. Bebop, don't stop.
Peace.